0: Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast. If you're thinking to yourself, this voice sounds different, you would be right. I'm Amber Gray, part of the Healthy Family Project team, and I'm so excited to be taking over as guest host today. As a mom of a toddler, I'm really excited to be chatting with Catherine Doherty of Family Food on the Table. Catherine has just released a new cookbook, healthy, quick, and easy baby food with 100 naturally wholesome, no-fuss purees, finger foods, and toddler meals. Catherine is a health and nutrition editor, mom of two, and a devoted health nut. On her blog, you'll find tons of easy, healthy recipes for your family. So without further ado, let's welcome Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Healthy Only Project podcast. We're so excited to have you on and to dive into the world of feeding babies and toddlers, um, which is... A lot of fun. (laughs) Um, So before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit more about you and your blog and your new cookbook?
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here. Um, I am a mom of two. I have a nine-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. Um, I'm a health and nutrition editor for my day job and I run the site Family Food on the Table, which is where I share Easy, healthy, family-friendly recipes—you know everything from breakfasts to you know salads and sides to easy dinners for you know busy people. Um, My new cookbook is Healthy, Quick, and Easy Baby Food. It has one hundred recipes that cover sort of the whole process, from starting with those single-ingredient purees to moving to combination purees to finger foods, and then finally like the big kid meals that are for toddlers, but really are designed for, you know, to be recipes the whole family can enjoy together. Um, All of the recipes in the book are 10 minutes or less to prep. So we're keeping it really simple. Um, And everything is (laughs) five ingredients or fewer besides like, you know, some kitchen staples. Um, So it's really doable um, for people who are interested in going down this route. Um, And then there's also like a huge introduction section with sort of everything you need to know to kind of get started on this journey because it can be intimidating and I sort of wanted to walk you know new parents and caregivers through the process so we cover you know like the food introduction timeline um, how to you know store baby food you know information on nutrition and allergies what to look for you know, using up your leftover purees in new ways, sort of all the things you need um, to kind of feel confident um, in getting started. I sort of wanted it to be an all-inclusive, you know, resource for people.
0: Yeah, and I I have a copy of it, um, and it's it's really great. I kind of wish I had it, like, almost a year ago. Um, It's my daughter's 15 months now, so we are in that journey, and it is tough. And when you're first starting out, there's... You're, there's so much conflicting information out there, too. Of really, you know, should you start with puree? Should you start with baby led weaning? And it can be really confusing as a first time parent trying to figure out what to feed your kid. So the book is definitely helpful, kind of going through just the, the very basics all the way up to, uh, you know, really when your kid is starting to eat a lot more of what you're eating. So, yes, yes, good. Yeah. All right. So let's jump in here. Um, recently, the Dietary Guidelines for America published new standards, um, which has been kind of all over my newsfeed. Um, and one of the things that a lot of parents are pointing out is that they knew ha- they have new guidelines for children under two for the first time. Um, and for infants starting around six months of age, they should be introduced to a lot of nutrient-dense foods, including fruits and vegetables, um, so that they can really learn a variety of tastes and textures. Um, uh, so, as I said, I have a fifteen month old, and right now she is like banning all vegetables, uh, which I think is pretty common <laughs> at this age. <laughs> yes. uh, she loves fruit, loves fruit, um uh, will eat a whole banana, but like turns her nose up at anything else. um so really, unless I'm adding them to meatballs or she loves salmon cakes, like puree veggies, and put them in there, um it can be really difficult. And so either they get end up, they end up on the floor and the dog eats them or she'll like just hand them back to me, which is really cute, but Aww. not the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to pressure her into eating anything, but you know, especially working in the health space, you know, you get that mom guilt when you're like, why are you not loving vegetables? Like I do. Um, so through your experience with raising kids and through writing your cookbook, um, You know, how can we ensure that our kids are being exposed to the right foods and hopefully setting them up for those long term healthy eating habits from that young age?
1: Yes, it's it's a journey and it can be, you know, hilarious and exciting, but it can also be frustrating and disheartening. You know, one thing I like to keep in mind is what's called the division of labor. And this can be a really helpful mindset to have. Um, It's the idea that it's the adult's job to choose what foods to offer and when. And then it's the child's job to choose what of that to eat and how much. And so if you keep that in mind, by the time you sit down or serve the food, your job is done. Like you've picked the foods and when to serve them and you can let it be up to the kid of you know, how much to eat and, um, what they're willing to try. Now that sort of eliminates the idea of the battlefield, you know, for, for mealtime, but it's not always that simple. Like, you know, like you're saying, you, you really, you're happy for them to try different things, but you really want them to try a wide variety of, of things. Um, and I know in my house, we do have a thank you bite rule where, you know, we ask that you take a bite of everything that's, you know, on your plate. And if you don't want any more of that, you say, no, thank you. But you've, you've tried your bites um, just for exposure sake. Um, right. I think a few other things to keep in mind though, is to focus on the positive. So, you know, maybe your child doesn't like broccoli, but I bet they do like something that another parent would love for their child to eat, you know, whether that's a, you know, exotic fruit or a whole grain that they you know, eat or a protein, like you said, salmon cakes, that's fabulous. I'm sure there's tons of moms <laughs> who are like, gosh, if I could just get my kid to eat some, seaweed, yeah. I'd be so happy. So, you know, there's always a positive to be had and, and those will shift and change over time. Um, once favorite foods might be on the banned list all of a sudden, but kind of, kind of focusing on those good things is helpful. Um, it, it helps if you're offering a new food to pair it with an old favorite that sort of gives the kid a, a sense of comfort that's not a, a whole plate of things that they don't know or are scared to try or you know aren't sure about um if they have right. something there that they you know they know they like and enjoy well then the, you know that kind of relaxes them into hopefully you know
0: giving something new a try um
1: yeah and, um, we do that with
0: with, I was going to say, we do that with my daughter too. I mean, I know if I put bananas, she will eat them. Um, but yeah, always trying to pair that new food with something that I know at least if she doesn't eat the new food, she'll fill up on this other stuff that she does like. And if not, they're always Cheerios. <laughs>
1: exactly. <All> grains, see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, and that go. can also be like a, a favorite dipping sauce for something new to dip into it or, you know, things like that, that you can sort of get creative with to to help them feel more comfortable. And then, you know, we all hear about getting kids involved, you know, and that can be, you know, picking out recipes together, helping with grocery shopping or rinsing off produce. You know, if you can garden with your child, if that's an option, that's great. But even just, you know, talking about food, like food is fascinating and and kids are interested, you know, talking about the colors or shapes or where it comes from or how it grows. Like those are all ways to sort of bring kids into the conversation and, you know, normalize some of these foods that we're trying to get them to sort of latch onto. Um, And then, you know, as far as sneaking in vegetables, I know some people say that's a bad thing to do. I don't have a problem with it. (laughs) I, I always tried to be, a little bit sneaky and not too sneaky. And and what I mean is like, I would, you know, add some spinach into a smoothie or grate some um, zucchini over ground taco meat. So it kind of melts in, but then after they tried it, I would be sure to tell them what they just ate. Because I think what the goal is, is for our children to eventually want to eat vegetables or to mm-hmm. think that they do like them. And so if they know, well, huh, I had zucchini that one time in that one way and I kind of like it. That way, maybe I'll try a slice of it on you know my plate today, maybe not, right. but <laughs> keeping yeah. in mind that it's a process, it's a journey um is is helpful,
0: yeah, I'm waiting for her to be old enough to understand that <laughs> and not just you know that was good or not, you know, um mm-hmm. but hopefully mm-hmm. she's getting closer and closer to that age where you can actually have like a a conversation around her food or get her involved a little bit more. But I know that that, those are some tried and true tactics, especially as your kids get a little bit older um, Mm -hmm. with trying new foods and things like that. Uh, All right. So when you're kind of starting on this journey of um, introducing food to your child, um, you know, there is so much out there between Kind of traditional weaning with purees to baby led weaning. Um, You know, a lot of people say don't give them fruit first or they're only going to want, you know, sweet things or, um, you know, you used to not introduce allergens like peanut butter or shellfish until older ages. um, And now they say to do it at six months. So there's just there's a lot. (laughs) Um, so what advice do you have for parents who are kind of starting in this journey with all the information out there? Um, you know, what are some good resources or things, you know, that you would turn to as a parent, um, to kind of sift through all the information out there?
1: Oh gosh. Yes. It's, I mean, it's overwhelming. And, you know, if you think about who's looking for this information, it's new moms and dads who (laughs) Are, are still learning, you know, how to raise this child. They have, you know, they're entering this yeah. new state, but they've, they've just gotten over the fact that, oh my gosh, you know, it's been four to six months since the baby was born. How did that happen? It's, you know, for for moms um, going back to work, there's, you know, it's sort of at the same time as that. So it's it's a lot. And, you know, I was highly motivated, but I found it to be Um, overwhelming to do that research and and sort of figure things out. And honestly, that was a big reason I wanted to write this cookbook was to help sort of walk people through the process and give them everything they need in one place to kind of get over that hump. Um, So beyond, you know, that, um, I, I think it, you know, it helps to talk to your pediatrician or healthcare provider, get some of those basics down on, you know, when and how to start, um, they can often, you know, recommend resources as well. Um, you know, doing, doing your homework and sort of reading around, you know, the internet, um, go for more trusted sites, you know, medical sites or, um, you know, reputable sources that, you know, you, you feel good about the information they're providing. Um, and then you kind of also have to just figure out what's going to work best for your family. So, we did the purees. Um, we we tried a little bit of baby lead weaning with my son when he came along, but he was having none of it. <laughs> he <laughs> he loved purees and he did not want to pick up his own food to start with. So, you know, that's what worked for us. Um, and I also loved that I could get everything prepped ahead for them, you know, so that it was just ready to go because come mealtime, you know, between working and stuff, I didn't always have the time and and having their food um, prepped ahead was just, was really helpful and, and worked for us. Um, as far as first foods, you know, there's, there's no one right answer. And, you know, it, it's one of those kind of fun things you get to sort of figure out, um, both the cookbook and my blog have a list of, um, single ingredient purees kind of in an order. Um, it was what I used and, it's you know, saving some foods for later that can cause irritation, like, you know, berries and citrus fruits while prioritizing other foods that are, you know, good and appealing and also usually favorites for babies to kind of (laughs) kickstart the process. Um, So for me, that was brown rice puree was the first one I introduced, followed by sweet potato and green peas. Because like you're saying, I wanted to get some of those vegetables in from the beginning. Um, But, you know, there's, there's, like I said, not one right answer. Applesauce is is a great early food. Oatmeal um, is a great early food. So kind of have to look around your kitchen, and see what makes sense for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started with I think bananas was the first one. And she was like, her face was hilarious. I have the video and I watch it when I need to laugh because it was just, you know, watching a baby. Explore new flavors is just—it's hilarious. <laughs> it
1: is. It is no so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For and sure. that was so. My my son loved bananas too, and that was something I always tried to use to my advantage. Like for my daughter, it was black beans, pureed black beans. She went crazy for them. So I would make a lot of combinations with you know broccoli and pureed black beans because you know she she would she would go for it. It would overpower it. And so for my son with the bananas, I could you know, mix those with different grains and proteins and stuff. And that's sort of an easy way to get them hooked on new things, um, building on what they already love.
0: Time to pause today's episode for a healthy bite brought to you by Arctic Apple. I'm at the table with my daughter, Charlie. Hi, everyone. Today, we are snacking on Arctic apples and several dip recipes our Healthy Family Project team of moms has created. I'm ready to dig in. Me too. Let's give it a shot here. I really mm. like this chocolate dip. Me too. And it's actually made with Greek yogurt.
1: This peanut butter dip is delicious.
0: And we have a whole roundup of the dips we are eating today with Arctic Apples on healthyfamilyproject.com.
1: And you can learn more about Arctic Apples on arcticapples.com.
0: So let's talk about those mealtime struggles, especially with toddlers. <laughs> Toss them their food on the floor. Make it a mess uh, not wanting to sit in their high chair. I mean, I've kind of been through it all the last few months (laughs) with my daughter. Um, and I know from different, you know, like parent feeding kind of focused Facebook groups that it's, there's a struggle around every corner. Um, I think when it comes to feeding toddlers. So what tips do you have on some of these common struggles that parents face during this phase?
1: Yes. Um, so my number one tip is get a dog. (laughs) yeah, <laughs> I saved myself so much cleaning up, so much bending over and wiping the floor because we have a chocolate lab that was happy to sit nearby and help. Um, <laughs> cause the messes are going to happen and, you know, it's easier to excuse the ones that are in the name of curiosity. If you know, your, your baby or your child is exploring the texture and smearing and, you know, having fun with it. Well, Okay. (laughs) It's not fun to clean up after, but it, you know, that can be seen as a positive, the throwing of the food and the tantrums that's a little harder to handle. And, you know, sometimes you just, you you need to take a break. They need a redirection or um, to try again later. Um, I think consistency helps with, with feeding babies and toddlers. And that means both in terms of, you know, the timing of the feedings. And then also, you know, you know, sometimes it's just having the high chair in the same place is, you know, they come to associate, oh, this is for food and this is for mealtime. And so when I go here, I get things to eat. Um, and for that reason, when mine were baby babies, I really tried to have everything ready to go for them, um, rather than expect them to sit in their chair for 10 or 15 Mm -hmm. minutes while I'm in the kitchen prepping, you know, their food. Um, you know, it's again, just sort of establishing that routine. And it can even just be talking to your child as you carry them to the high chair. You know, now it's time for lunch and here's what we're going to have. And it's some yummy things for you to try and, you know, sort of getting them in that Mm -hmm. habit. Um, For the younger sets, you know, it's, it helps to remember, this is something our pediatrician told us that food before one is just for fun. And what that means is they are getting all of their nutrition from breast milk or formula. And so anything they're eating is just a bonus. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful those weeks where they don't want to eat. Like there's nothing to worry about. They don't even need this food. Um, The challenge comes, you know, after one. And it sounds like that's where you are now, where you really want them to eat because this is their nutrition. You know, this Mm -hmm. is, this is what they're getting. Um, But it also helps to remember that, you know, children are very good at um, regulating and listening to their hunger cues. You know, as adults, a lot of us have lost that. Um, so it, <laughs> it it's frustrating that you know a week can go by and they are just barely picking at their food, and then you know a few weeks later, maybe they're chowing down and in the middle of a growth spurt. But I I always have tried to really respect that internal understanding that they you know were kind of born with, and to Allow them, you know, that control over sort of regulating that hunger and and knowing when to stop, Um, because they will they will put down like half of a cookie and you know walk away from it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand that, but (laughs) no, that's the beauty of (laughs) children. (laughs) (laughs) That is true, yeah. And I have noticed as I kind of watch my daughter's eating patterns, is that you know there are some days or weeks where you know, she'll eat the banana and that's it. Or she'll eat the waffle or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And I'm like, I swear she's going to wake up in the middle of the night hungry. You know, she doesn't, which is good. I need my sleep. Um, But, you know, then there are some weeks where like she'll eat her entire plate of food and then like stare at me like, was that it?
1: (laughs) You know, so, yeah. Well, and that's that's a good thing to remember too, is they say not to look at a single day. Like, you know, Ideally, yes, you're getting fruits and vegetables and, and grains and protein and all of those things every single day. But for little kids, it's, it's just not realistic. So it's more helpful to look at a week or two at a time and see, again, with the focus on the positive, see all those different types of food that they ate over the course of that period of time. Um, sort of, I don't know, it just helps with that mental mindset of we are doing good things. We are making progress. Just keep offering those healthy foods you know, they'll, they'll keep eating what they will, but if if you're only offering the good, healthy foods, then that's what they're getting. So you can, can, you know, kind of feel good about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So they say, especially when you kind of reach the toddler age, um, but to feed them what your feed what you're eating. Um, so I know sometimes that's feasible and sometimes that's not, um, you know, like over the weekend, my husband and I got Indian takeout is a little spicy. I know that she could, she actually ate a little bit of it and was fine. Um, you know, but sometimes it just isn't something that's going to work or, you know, that they're not going to eat this food or, or whatever it may be. Um, so for me, I rely on a few freezer staples. You know, as I mentioned, I make meatballs or salmon cakes and those freeze really well. Um, so that I can just kind of pop those out, um, and reheat them whenever I need to. So what are some of your favorite meal prep or freezer friendly meals for toddlers that parents can have on hand when they need them.
1: Yes. No, I, I honestly was terrible about that. My (laughs) kids went to bed early. I always made them and fed Mm -hmm. them their meal and then cooked dinner for my husband and I. And the nice thing was we got to have adult conversation and, you know, a Mm -hmm. regular meal. But yes, it's nice to be able to introduce them to lots of different things that you might already be eating. And that eventually you want them to be able to eat, you know, with you at the dinner table, like like we do now. Um, that my children are older, but yes. Yeah, so having things on hand is the key, and you know, there's several different things I would recommend. Muffins. My kids were both muffin munchkins. Those are great for <laughs> breakfast, for snacks, for lunch. Um, they pack well. You know, if your child goes um, to daycare or you know later to school, um, muffins are fabulous. Um, Having some cooked proteins and cooked grains on hand is really helpful. And I mean, that can be as easy as picking up a rotisserie chicken at the store or cracking open a can of beans and, you know, washing those and having them ready to serve. Um, You can also just roast some extra chicken breasts when you're cooking, or if you're making brown rice for dinner, double up, like have some for later in the week or put it in the freezer to have on hand, you know, another night. And then, you know, frozen vegetables are key. Cause you know, our fresh yeah. stuff always runs out <laughs> before I can get to the store. So, mm-hmm. you know, keeping that freezer stocked is, is really helpful. And you know, the pantry too, like keep some, you know, whole grain pastas and whole grain bread on hand. And that way it's easy to sort of pick and choose and, and pull different things out that you can make, you know, kind of like a snack board dinner <laughs> for your kid yeah. any night where you sort of just need to grab something. Um batch cooking was also something I really relied on um, when I was making their baby food and in some ways have continued and and that's the idea of sort of getting in the kitchen and really maximizing your time Um, both in the cookbook and on my site I have resources for instance of like how to make five different baby food food purees in 20 minutes you know like one thing is steaming here and you're peeling this fruit over here and you're sort of just getting a lot done and if you're able to do that you know, every so often you kind of keep your supply and your stock, you know, replenished and and you have that variety available to you just any old time, which is really helpful. Right.
0: For sure. Thanks for sharing so many great tips, Catherine. I know that I wrote down a whole bunch and I think our listeners will know after hearing this episode that it does not have to be so complicated to feed toddlers and babies. Um, So we do ask a question of all of our guests and there's no right or wrong answer here. It just, you know, we want it to be fun and kind of hear what your answer is. So what does a healthy family mean to you?
1: I love this question. And yeah, I can see that it would really vary from family to family, sort of depending on your priorities. Um, I think for me, a healthy family is a loving and supportive one, you know, where everyone feels respected and listened to and, you know, safe and seen. Um, You know, yes, it's important for me that we are active and that we eat a variety of good foods, but I really just want my kids to feel like home and family is a place of, of comfort and love.
0: Yeah, I love that. Love that. Yeah, my, my husband and I say that a lot too. Like we just want her to know that she's loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's great. Um uh, well thanks so much for joining us today. Uh before we close things out, is there a place where listeners can connect with you?
1: Um yes, yeah, so you can find me on my blog, which is just familyfoodonthetable.com. And then, you know, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all the places, um, under that family food on the table, um, moniker. And then yeah, the healthy, quick, and easy baby food cookbook is available on Amazon and sort of other major online um, retailers.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you. This was fun. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.